White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox after a great victory. Five to nothing, White Sox beat Trevor Bauer and the Cincinnati Reds. Unbelievable. I didn't think this was going to happen tonight. This is Herb Lawrence with me. Tonight, as always, is Chris Tannehill. Chris, how are you feeling tonight? Oh, it's a Saturday night, and I'm feeling right. And my guy Bill Walton's here once again. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turkle Bridge, Division Street. Let's go. That's right, Bill. And this episode of Lockdown White Sox is brought to you by Roman. Guys, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves or say things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work or, sorry honey, just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about with real healthcare professionals who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you for free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com triple x that's getroman.com slash xxx and complete an online visit erectile dysfunction used to be a tough topic to tackle but now there's roman complete an online visit today and connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it go to getroman.com slash lockdown mlb today if approved you'll get 15 dollars off your first order of ed treatment that's getroman.com slash lockdown mlb getroman.com slash lockdown mlb all right herbie as you said white Sox winners they get the shutout uh, in the home of skyline chili tonight five nothing over the reds they improved their record of 34 and 18 and as it sits right now with the Cubs and Twins still in action the White Sox magic number is down to four I believe uh, but maybe by, correct. by the time we're done with this podcast maybe we'll you know, the Cubs can mount a little comeback and we can say thanks Cubs thanks Cubs because I would love nothing more than to just get the division clinched and out of the way before that Cubs series so the Sox can get their guys rested but we'll talk about that a little bit more on the Mailbag Monday episode, which is very, very uh, playoff-centric, which is definitely, definitely great news uh, all around. But let's get to tonight's game. There's a lot going on here in tonight's game. Dallas Keuchel made his return from the injured list today, and he had his moments where he looked like vintage uh, Dallas Keuchel. Certainly the end result was there. Four innings pitched, just four hits, no runs, three walks, seven strikeouts for Dallas. Um a little bit erratic all over the place. You would expect that a guy who hasn't pitched in a while. What did you think of Dallas's outing tonight, Herb? I thought, yeah, just coming back from uh, back spasms this last outing, I thought what he was doing out there was really good. I mean, the Cincinnati Reds offense, even though they don't hit very well, you know, for average and such, those guys can hit some bombs, and that's a band box out there in Cincinnati. And for him to just carve up those guys with all those strikeouts, I wasn't expecting to have the strikeout pitch today. And 
really none of them were swinging. I don't know if uh, I don't recall uh, any swinging strikeouts. So he was just getting guys like out guessing. And especially that, I think his name is Tyler Stevenson or something like that. I know Robert Stevenson came in later in the game and gave up those three home runs, but I think they have a Tyler Stevenson or some garbage that was in the middle of their lineup. I think it was Lance Stevenson. Lance? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Blowing it in his ear and striking out looking twice. But he looked great tonight. Um, I think when they mic'd up, a Eugenio Suarez. A Eugenio Suarez. But, yeah. By the hey. way, let's yeah let's let's unpack that there. A Eugenio Suarez, possibly the greatest Pat Hughes name of all time. A Eugenio Suarez. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Every time I think of it, I have to say it in Pat Hughes's voice. But but yes, sorry about that. So let's get this thing back on track here. Continue with our guy Dallas. And when he was talking to the uh, broadcast booth, uh, Don Orsillo from San Diego Padres, and of course our own A.J. Brzezinski, he was saying, man, that pitch that struck me out was filthy by Tycho. And then A.J.'s like, you know, that was a little high. And he's like, yeah, I told him a little high, but still, the, p- the pitch was filthy. A guy who hit 49 home runs last year recognizes game. He understands that Dallas Keiko is nothing to mess with. And all those guys had mad respect for what Dallas Keiko did tonight. I was a little worried when I saw – that they were putting Matt Foster in in the fifth. And I was like, ah, is he hurt? No, this is bad. And then just, you know, he was at a pitch limit, and that's smart. Going to the playoffs, just get him uh, on the mound, get him comfortable with pitching off the mound, and get his arm uh, just loose for those oh, 75 pitches he did. Yeah, I'd be content if it's for the next start, and we're going to detail this uh, in, in very, very fine detail in the mailback episode, the playoff rotation and the rotation the rest of the way. I'd be content with them. You know, if, if Dallas wants to do everything in terms of warming up, and then he can go out there and tip his cap to the crowd, which would be in Cleveland, I think. Um, and then that that's a wrap for his next start. So, like, if we just put him in bubble wrap until the AL uh, playoff start, I'm I'm cool with that. But you mentioned the uh, the, the broadcast tonight, and they did a lot of interactive stuff with uh, Eugenio Suarez. They had Tim Anderson mic'd up, which we'll get to that in a second. But what did you make of the the broadcast tonight? It was a little bit uh, I don't know what's the word uh, bad at times. Yes. Oh yeah, the camera work was bad. I'm a guy who loves Don Arcillo, and when Don and Mud Grant, Mark Grant, get together in the booth in San Diego, it's magic. It's a great booth. I know we love our booth in Chicago with Benetti and Stone, and they might be the best now, but my favorite last year, even though the Padres are bad, were Don and Mark. So I don't know if it's, you know, Don needs to be with Mud to bring out the greatness and the, the chemistry. AJ's a very affable dude. You can ask him some questions, but not being in the booth, I think that that distance and you know the the feedback, you can't look each other in the eyes. You can't tell if either one wants to talk at that time. There was a lot of dead air going on tonight, and I think that's what leads to I think Don was in L.A. studio, and then AJ's back at home in Orlando. So, yeah, the camera work was all gone. Like the Moncada triple, I thought that Joey Votto sucked that thing up and we're going to uh, yeah. be out of the inning. Yeah, that was all over the place, and I wanted to talk about Moncada's triple, but briefly we can just talk about it. It was just nice to see him getting out there, legging it out to third base, and uh, seeming feel, feeling no ill effects of uh, being fatigued or anything like that or any leg injury, so that was good to see. But yeah, I, the same thing. And then the Tim Anderson home run where all of a sudden it was just mm-hmm. camera straight up in the air. And uh, I guess it's really a miracle that they couldn't get any, any semblance of a broadcast when you talk about the logistics of everyone being in every different place and all the protocols are in place. So you know, I get. I don't want to, you know, 
be be a Richard, a, a TV Richard here, but you know, <laughs> I guess it's just kind of a, a miracle that all of it happens anyway, and we should be glad we have it. But you know, but you get used to the fine. I guess it's a testament to NBC Sports Chicago. And, you know, Marquee, when I watch the Cubs, but like they, they do a really nice broadcast. And granted, they have their announcers at home available to them. So it's a little different. But yeah, there was a lot of I, the mic'd up stuff, I think would have been awesome. Like, I, I'm a fan of bringing people's personalities into the game. I love, you know, Suarez talking about how he still had the hospital ID band around his wrist because he had, you know, they just had their child the other day. So I, as a dad, I was like, oh, that's my guy right there. I love that. And then TA was great, but the audio was muffled a bit. And, you know, I, I, I was watching on a TV uh, antenna, old school way, because I like to, mm-hmm. to be able to know first so I can tweet out who hit a home run before anyone else because everyone watches on a streaming platform. So I couldn't hear it as well on the antenna signal so i flipped over to youtube tv and i could hear it a little better but still not great it was a great idea but just bad execution by fox tim in the field was much clearer and when they had the lower camera the i think the dugout camera looking at tim so you can at least read his lips from when he was speaking that was a little bit better but yeah, when they took the field, I heard everything. It was very clear. But yeah, they're players and they have this omnidirectional mic, which is a lavalier mic on his top lapel. And when he's looking left, you know, he's talking away from the mic. So it sounds weird. I just, it's kind of like this. I don't know if it's different for you guys now. I'm holding the mic differently I right wish, now. I wish, it was that, I wish it was that good. <laughs> yeah, I'm holding my hand over the microphone. And so that's what it was. So, yeah, he. they need better mics. It's a good idea, like you said. Execution should be better. More of an omnidirectional mic or a mic that catches all. Um, yeah. Maybe you don't want to hear all the stuff that's going on, but also at least – cramp up his mic a little bit more like yeah. crank it up as without making it over modulated and such but i would have loved to hear he said he was mic'd up and had the earpiece in when he hit that home run oh man he said that- yeah i got it i got it right here <laughs> got so it? so after he hits the home run off bauer um they they're talking to ta in the dugout and he was a little bit frustrated that they didn't hear the things that he was saying uh you know on the field and coming off the field after the home run so here's what they said to her in the broadcast to ta who was mic'd up tell us about the home run what'd you get now i got a fastball right down the middle he got me a cookie uh, hey make sure y'all tell him to put that on his youtube channel too <laughs> hey no blog about that no backflip <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll let him know you see me walk out. <laughs> you see him walk it out. Walk it out. Yeah, that was, that was funny as hell. I love that. I love anytime you get a chance to showcase TA's personality. Um, you know, blog about that could be the next locked on White Sox shirt. It would be the first uh, if we had a shirt, but that that was good stuff right there. And you know, him yelling out to Jose Abreu once he took the field, that was great stuff. So yeah, it, you know, if it could have been executed better, I think it would have been a great moment uh, for for the White Sox and, and Sox fans everywhere. And I think people would have been sharing that all over the place. But of course, because it's the White Sox, it was poorly executed, and you know, we just we'll enjoy it. But uh, I don't think the national audience enjoyed it as much. All right, so let's. Just get right to it. So the Sox get on the board first. My guy, <laughs> I'm claiming them right now because there's been a lot of. <laughs> I'm going to die on the Nomar Mazara Hill right now. So come at I'm me. I'm fighting you for that. Oh no! Don't take it. I know. I know. I, I know. Everyone wants them. Everyone wants Nomar Mazara, but I'm a Nomar Mazara hipster. Okay, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm John Snow right here in the battlefield. Like, come at me, haters. Um, but everyone, there's been making a big deal about why is Nomar Mazara still playing? You know. 
especially leading up to even before they clinched and and even after they're like oh Adam Engel should be playing every day and I'm going to preface everything I'm going to say with this if you're in a one game must win situation and you could argue that every game in a playoff is must win especially in a three game series yeah I, I get that but what I'm saying is this I, I would have Adam Engel out there in mm-hmm. a do or die must win game I, I think because of the elite defense and and the bat is you know just a, a little bit better okay so but everyone who's complaining about them playing Nomar Mazzara even after they've clinched, like, look, you you still have a, another week of baseball left to play. And if something can yep. click for him at all, um, if he can feel good about himself, then all, and all of a sudden you have that dynamic to the lineup. Again, he didn't follow up the home run uh, with any good at-bats after that. So this argument is looking very poor. It does, I don't have the legs to stand on here. But the larger point is you can't give up on these guys, and you have to keep running them out there because you may have a night tonight. And here's what Nomar Mazzara did early on in the ballgame. Hasn't hit a home run yet, and he struggled against off-speed, and pitchers have kind of figured that out. Drives this one to deep right field, and that ball is gone. A home run. Nomar Mazzara hits his first in a White Sox uniform, and it's one to nothing Chicago. What I'm saying is you can afford to keep running him out there every day, especially after you've clinched. Like you may be able to tinker around and maybe put him in a different spot in the lineup to try to you know get him to see more fastballs, get him some better protection behind him, tinker around with that. As you you know gear up to the playoffs and try to get him even more at bats to see if he can get something going here, but I, I see there is no downside to keep rolling him out there. And I think anyone who says that he shouldn't be playing at all, and all, you know it's all of a sudden it's a, the story has been told about Nomar Mazzara in 2020. I think those those people are just wrong because you never know he could heat up like literally the weekend before the playoffs start, and you 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 may need the bat because Luis Robert's struggling right now. Uh, offense didn't impress last night. We'll get to a little bit of that game at the end of the show here but just you know in general the Nomar Mazar thing you just keep rolling him out there and maybe he's feeling good you saw him in the dugout after the home run sort of like looking up to the sky like finally I you know can't believe it's happened and you know they were kind of busting his balls in the dugout a little bit which is you know great to see but yeah I, I, I just don't see any any upside to them just saying you know what Nomar thanks for 2020 but we're gonna go with Adam Engel the rest of the way now once the playoffs start different situation I get it but for the rest of the way here just keep playing him man I mean, if he is going to be the guy that Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams think he is, the guy that they acquired, kept on telling he's 25 years old, that guy shows up, play him. But <sighs> he hasn't earned any playing time on my on my team as yet. The home run, excellent. It was good. It got us off the schneid. Trevor Brower was doing his thing early, before that. I think that just, like, Woke up everybody up. It's like, Nomar hit a home run off of him? Man, if he could hit one, and Timmy's like two batters out, it's like, I'm better than him. I'm going to hit a home run. And he did. And the, the team relaxed after Bauer left and got, got into Stevenson. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I Yeah, if he, if he continues to do things well and brings his uh, power bat, I think, yeah, you could play him. But I'm all about meritocracy. And I haven't seen Adam Ingle in a while. He must have like some, like he was a pinch or hitter or pinch runner the other day. You haven't seen him since that big hit in the Minnesota game. Yeah, I don't think he started for a long time. I'm just like we got in Jared Gerard Dyson. I think twice he's done well, but is he in some type of doghouse? I don't know what's going on with him. I think he's earned more playing time than what Nomar Mazar is, and I think they're giving 
the lion's share because of Lomar Mazar's potential that just hasn't shown up. If he can find it in this last week, getting a stroke together in Ohio, I'm cool with him playing a couple more games in the playoffs. Yeah, man, don't underestimate the healing powers of the Skyline Chili, especially on St. Yes. Patrick's Day when they dye it green. Oh, so delicious. <laughs> it's probably much better because it probably tastes like mint. <laughs> I mentioned Instead the- of poop. Yeah, I, I mentioned Luis Robert. He is really struggling mm-hmm. right now. Uh, wow. Earlier in the game, James Fegan tweeted, he's 6 for 56 in September and his season OBP dipped below 300 uh, after his strikeout on the top of the fourth. Um, we know he's going to have his hot streaks with the bat, but also I don't know if he's fatigued or what's going on, but we're seeing more and more just mental lapses out there. I'm not saying he's not mm-hmm. trying, but you saw that that play that happened in the Minnesota series um, luckily, they were able to get out of that unscathed when they threw out um, Byron Buxton after Luis Robert dropped the ball in center. And then today, he took a really curious route. You know, it's you know, again, I, I don't know if the ball really traveled that way or he just took a really bad route. You know, I, you know, without we don't have the benefit of seeing all the angles there, but he just looks a little, a little choppier out there and a little, little shakier out there in center field. And you would think that playing every day playing hard every day, playing a tough position out there. It's, it's got to uh, take his toll, and he's one of the many guys who I would love to see get a little breather here before the playoffs start because they're going to need him, and it, it would be nice if he got hot uh, you know, going into the playoffs, but I think I, I'd be inclined to give him a, a little bit of a breather here. Yeah, I'm 100% behind that. Tomorrow will be a perfect day for that, just sitting out. I think he sat out maybe yesterday, Friday, night and he had a, a breather that night and it didn't help tonight the lapses as you say continued there was a one out i think one hour is no out pop fly to deep center the guy at second joey Votto's gonna get the third and he just tries to airmail it from almost the warning track to third base he allows the a eugenio suarez to go back and tag up and get to second luckily for him Dallas Keuchel's a professional, and he picked him up, and that didn't hurt anybody. He got the next guy out, and it didn't hurt uh, the team. But right there, that's a fundamental thing. Throw the ball into the cutoff, man. Stop the guy from first, advancing to second, because a bloop single right there, you get two runs in instead of the one, and you're not helping your team out that well that much. I can deal with the slumps and – because it's a regular thing. He's a first-year player, and people are adjusting back to what he does and not throwing him a lot of strikes, understanding he swings a lot, so they're throwing the ball wherever they need to, and he's you know, got real soft contact right now. Even when he does hit the ball, it just, just pops up. The one that Votto dropped was just a soft off the bat, uh, off the end of the bat pop-up, and maybe a day off, maybe some time to say, you are good. This is your rookie year. This is natural. Eloy can pull him to the side and say, dude, I've been there. Yeah, you started off hot as shit. But, you know, they adjusted back to you. You need to make the adjustment back from that and just relax. Be yourself. You're going to be fine. The numbers are going to be good. Look at me now. I struggled like you last year. You're going to be fine. Just relax. You'll be fine. And so a day off of just chilling by somebody maybe he gets a day off the same night that a brave gets a day off and then just looking uh, at the game with a brave and just talking through the game what's going on what are you thinking about how he prepares all that stuff and get his mind right and he'll be fine because he's got all the talent in the world as we said before he was putting up stats with just pure talent 
not with no with uh, wherewithal and know it all uh, skills back then. Yeah, absolutely. And the, I guess there's two ways to look at this. One is like, okay, well, you get him a day off now because you could tell he obviously needs it, or do you keep pressing? And, and try to wrap this division up as soon as possible. And as I look at the MLB scoreboard brought to you by nobody, <laughs> um, the, the Twins are up 6-1 to one over the Cubs in the seventh inning. So it looks like the magic number is going to hold right there at four. So do you just keep pressing and keep rolling out your everyday guys in, in hopes to, to wrap this thing up maybe by the weekend, uh, but heading into the Cubs series? That way you can really line up everything, at least as far as your position players go. Uh, and get those guys all the rest you need, or do you, when you see a guy who needs rest, do you give it to him? Like I don't know, I don't know how you play this one here. But if you're if you've got Rick Renteria's baseball pants on, what are you doing? Are you going to just give guys a day off tomorrow and say, you know what, we're already in, and we rather just have everyone rested and healthy, or are you trying to win this division at all costs right now? I'm not trying to win this division at all costs because there's no benefit to winning the division. Um, if there was like a buy or you could choose your opponent type of element. Yeah, I would most definitely win the division. You're in the playoffs. It's the same for everybody. You're going to a neutral site. Nothing's going to be beneficial for you. Technically, you're going to be the home team for all three games, but, I mean, you just get last reps in that regard. So I, I would do whatever I need to do to get my players to that finish line of the regular season as healthy as they can be. And if that means resting them on a Sunday afternoon game in Cincinnati that might be hot. I'll get a couple guys in there rested. And I know people are like, you know, you need to go for the regular two for two out of three. Uh, you got Cease out there. You probably need your best hitters. You need rest more. These games do matter, but also you're already in the tournament. So no need to press extra hard to get uh, just another banner up. That's all it's going to be, just – hey, we're the 2020 AL Central champs, and that's all that's going to matter. If we don't get the AL Central, are we really going to be like, man, we've lost out of uh, a big-time thing there? No. Like, in a regular year where you're at, right to the LDS and you have three games at home and a five-game series, yeah, win the division. More more uh, advantageous for you to win the game, to win the division in that regard. But this year, nah just chill out and get them rest that people need. I need to get a game for uh, Jose Abreu here soon, like a hundred percent off, no pinch hitting, none of that stuff because I need him to be fresh and ready. Unless he says the way he gets fresh or stays fresh is by hitting more and needs to keep his bat in the lineup. Then you keep him in, but otherwise I'm going to get him off his feet tomorrow and uh, give him a blow. And maybe also uh Luis Robert, yeah, I think Sundays are always a good call. Any any time to get as many guys a rest as you can, uh, you know, series wins be damned. And, you know, maybe Jose is good to go. Maybe the 60-game season for him is like, oh, this is a piece of cake compared to what I'm used to. You know, mm-hmm. so maybe he's he's he certainly looks like he's good. And speaking of Jose Abreu, he was part of this barrage, this back-to-back-to-back home run barrage that happened for the White Sox against uh, after Trevor Bauer comes out of the game, the White Sox, they're already up 2 nothing. Tim Anderson hits his ninth home run of the year. And then in the eighth inning, Tim Anderson comes up again. This one is set to deep right center field. Back at the wall. It is gone. A home run. So Tim Anderson has done it again. His second home run of the game, his tenth of the year, and it puts the White Sox on top 3 to nothing. 
This one is driven to deep right field. <laughs> Love that one. My favorite. Castellano's back, and that ball is gone. Yes, yes. It is down four to nothing. Red Sox doing it all on solo home runs. <laughs> this one is driven out towards deep left field off the bat of Abreu. <laughs> they go back to back to back. The White Sox in the eighth inning take a 5-0 lead. Anderson, Grandal, and Abreu go back to back to back. We are seeing the White Sox, what they do best. And that is hit long, long home runs. Back to back to back. Did you hear they went back to back to back? Where's where's my guy Tommy Mansky when you need him? Producing baseball world's back to back to back AAU national championship teams. But yeah, you, you just when you think this offense is a little bit dead ass, especially after Friday night's effort, uh, they come through all of a sudden in the eighth inning against uh, against a bad Reds bullpen. And now you start to see maybe why the Reds have not lived up to your expectations this year after that. But that was certainly great to see. Uh, ball go far, team go far, and that was the case tonight with those three guys going back to back to back. Yeah, it was great to see. I mean, Timmy with two home runs in the game, he looks locked in again. I love to see that uh, he's getting his swing together. And, I mean, make no mistake about it. I mean, it is a thing to do what the White Sox did versus Trevor Bauer. I know he does give up solo shots, uh, and that's how he usually gets hurt. And his team, teammates don't back him up. They have some of the lowest run support in the game. But he took that Trevor Brower fastball after Don and AJ were talking about how it rises late. It looks like it rises late. And he rose up to the occasion and murdered that pitch. That, that was, center. by he the way, while you're on that, I took a note of that. That was really great stuff by uh, by Don and AJ there. You know, it just it's, uh, it's a concept you don't hear them talk about a lot uh, in, in any given broadcast. But they did a great job of explaining that. And that's also why Lucas Giolito has been so good, sort of that same concept. You, you, you talk not only that's not really rise, but it's the absence of drop, right? Is what they were yes. trying to say. So like, that was a really good job uh, explaining it in, in pretty simple terms, uh, especially, you know, give credit to AJ for, for being able to lay it out so simply for everyone to understand it. So give, given the former player breaking down the analytics, so that, that was good stuff right there, but go ahead continue. Yeah. And so it was good to see him just murder that pitch and then post up, against uh, Trevor Bauer, but back to his home run, he hit off of Stevenson. Another high fastball, he just crushed it. Looked the same finish he had. Didn't post up as much against Stevenson because he didn't, you know, he's got no beef against Stevenson. I right. think him and Bauer kind of like each other. You no, know, Bauer, yeah. Did you see uh, McCann on uh, Bauer's podcast a couple weeks ago? Like he, McCann was part of his roundtable, uh, and he had a couple other guys, and they were talking about T.A., and Bauer's a big T.A. guy because, as we know, Trevor Bauer is always shitting on Rob Manfred and the lack of, of promotion uh, and marketing that baseball does for its best players. So he's a, he's a T.A. guy. And Bauer, by the way, with his cleats tonight with the fucking trash mm. can, the trash cans on them mm. <laughs> and the, uh, the the code breaker or whatever the names were on the, on the cleats, it was uh, Dark Arts and Code Breaker for the Astros cheating. I wonder why tonight of all nights if he knew it was just hmm. a, if it was a national broadcast or if Dallas Keuchel being on the bump if that was part of it I wonder what's going in Trevor Bauer's mind on that one it's a hundred percent Dallas Keuchel <laughs> I know it is he, he, he likes to do he likes to poke the bear and he, hey all the power to him and your man Shep over there trying to bust me out <laughs> I saw I that said the man looks like Dallas Keuchel looks exactly or like he has very strong similarities to Mark Burley and then Shep's like well, well, did Keiko or did Burley 
Cute to win a World Series. I'm like, shut up, Shep. Is pounding Miller Lights uh, before you close out a World Series game? Is that cheating? Because yeah, I would. That, that could be cheating if it's considered cheating. Yeah, um, but I was like, Keuchel didn't cheat. He just benefited from cheating. That's all. Uh, but yeah, to see those back to back to back home runs, especially Yasmani, that man just drops the bat so smooth. I'm <laughs> I'm a fan of him just getting any any type of contact because so many times he is just sitting and looking at a ball that's going right down the pipe and letting that do its thing. Instead, I like it when he puts bat to ball because it's really, really good. And he usually hits it really hard. So um, we should do that more instead of letting those balls well, go right past I was going to say, you know, the Sox have been so successful this year and they've had a great year, but the Dallas Keuchel signing, I mean, the first year, you know, the returns have not been outstanding outstanding by any means um so to, to think that they're doing they've been doing what they're doing what they've been doing without full-on well maybe full-on uh Yasmani Grandal peak performance Yasmani Grandal maybe that's a thing of the past because he is mm-hmm. like you know an older catcher or whatever but you know the, the fact that he's not having his greatest year here is is really encouraging uh, I think going forward like if he can bounce back next year and and be a bona fide all-star again like imagine what this lineup's going to look like but he, when he gets a hold of one it's one of my favorite things aesthetically on the 2020 Sox no doubt about it um, other things going on in this game here, we have, let's see, what else do I have here in my notes? We're, we're about out of time here anyway. Um, you got anything else you want to talk about? Maybe bullpen here? Yeah, let's do bullpen just real quick here, and then we could talk mm-hmm. about crochet uh, just, a, just a little bit. Uh, okay. All right, three, two, one. Other things from this game tonight, uh, you know, obviously Dallas Keuchel being limited with 75 pitches. Matt Foster gets the win in relief, two innings pitched, uh, gave up nothing across, uh, just two strikeouts, but uh, in two innings of work. Cody Hoyer, they couldn't say his name right on the broadcast, he pitched an inning. Jimmy Guns was back out there, uh, giving up just one hit, two strikeouts, and Jace Fry closing out the game looked real sharp. He gave up the hit, yeah, and in a walk, but just to see him being able to 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 close it out, uh, you know it's never easy when you, when you're that last guy out of the pen and your team's got a five run cushion and you're just trying to to wrap this thing up. But a nice job by the bullpen overall tonight. Yeah, they did very well. They've uh, for the year they've done very well for themselves, and I, it's got to be heartening for them to know that. Aaron Bummer threw off the mound and he's feeling a little bit better and maybe they're going to get him uh, to see what Garrett Crochet did last night. It strengthens the bullpen. Um, We'll get to that a little later. And these guys, uh, much maligned, Jimmy Cordero came out and did the job. I uh, have nothing but respect for what Jimmy has done is he's come out the most out of the the bullpen for the White Sox. They love him because he had a great year last year. This year, not as much, but he's uh, out there doing what he can to give the team some quality outings of uh, what he does go out there. And what more could be said about Matt Foster? He is just as solid as you can have him. Him and Cody Hoyer, of course, are two favorite guys. Two innings pitched right now uh, tonight for uh, Foster in relief of Dallas Keuchel because he couldn't go past 75 pitches. Solid, stellar. Um, that changeup is just unhittable. Timmy kind of uh, talked about it when he was on the field, mic'd up. Just, man, that changeup looked good right there. It was nice and low. And I just uh, them coming out of nowhere. And I know people, I was talking to Mike Rankin yesterday. He's like, yeah, we've been on that guy for a while. And same thing that Rick Holland said on his, um, on his conference call yesterday. And the fact that I didn't know about him or Hoyer, before they started those White Sox, because I remember the first time I saw Cody, I was like, who the hell is this? 
what the hell they're bringing up this garbage? Got that and baby I saw face. That like, he looks like a guy who's like, all right, I'm in the game now. You, you go ahead and get your hits. <laughs> like he yeah. he has that baby face going, and he doesn't look intimidating out there. But that that radar gun is though. You know what I mean? Like he's he's lighting it up out there, and he's been really good all year. Of course, you know the reason why we got on board and decided to do the podcast is to talk about a shortened season of Matt Foster and Cody Hoyer. I mean, if you if you don't get excited about that, what the hell are you doing out here? But those guys just all year, man. Like. And Matt Foster was starting to worry me a little bit because he had those issues in the twin series where he's falling off the mound and then he fell off again. Yes. Fell off again tonight. And I was like, what's mm-hmm. going on here? I was like, does he have like the yips or something? But he was able to to put it all together and, and, and pitch a fine two innings in relief tonight. But a job well done. And okay, let's get to it. Uh, Garrett Crochet, uh, Crosh Rocket, uh, Crosh Rocket, as one of our emailers <laughs> referred to him as last night. As we went out, we were at Flo and Santos last night with some friends with uh, Joe Strowski and Melissa Rokaitis. And of course, we, we couldn't see the game because there was an umbrella blocking it. But we, 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 we were able to see <laughs> Garrett Crochet out there. And oh boy, I went back and watched it again. Uh, I, you know, I, before my wife and kid woke up, I went down to the basement and had my coffee. And I was like, okay, here we go. Let's check out this Garrett Crochet inning from last night and he looked good man <laughs> i mean i don't know what he's doing with those pants rolled up <laughs> the, the way they were uh look it's kind of silly but whatever if it works for you man if it's a trademark and it makes you feel good do it but i i'm content with them just putting them on maybe rolling them out tomorrow get them some work and then putting them on ice for that Indian series and then maybe rolling them out again in the Cubs series just to get them some work. But this this guy could be a secret weapon in the postseason. And Rick Hahn basically uh, admitted as such on a Zoom chat on Friday. But what did you uh, like from uh, Garrett Crochet from last night's game? Before I get to his analysis, I think about that meme where it's like the wife and husband are in the bed and one's looking towards <laughs> one way, the other one's looking the other way, and she's like, He's probably thinking about porn right now, yeah. and then you're like, "I'm thinking about, I'm sneaking down to watch Garrett Crochet highlights." Absolutely, man. There was, there was like that was like the first thing when I woke up. I was like, oh, "Garrett Crochet," <laughs> because we couldn't get you know we didn't really want to watch that game last night like in its entirety because it was six nothing uh, before we can even you know get our get our first drink in in our system. But yeah, man, it was just good stuff, man. Seeing seeing him and uh, DJ on the broadcast last night on the TV side was great. Love hearing DJ on the TV broadcast but yeah they were they were all pretty impressed by Garrett Crochet last night yeah he looks like a stud like that ball is hard to hit because it's what 101 on the radar gun and coming in a like it looks hidden the kid's pretty big himself so it looks like it's hidden and it's coming straight at the, at people at 101 I'm Great. Yeah. He's six six. DJ all, said like, legs and arms coming at you. Yeah, DJ said it, it like for a hitter when a guy's that big and the release point is where it is, he said that it's more like coming in at like 103. So if, if the radar gun says 101, add a couple MPH to that like from a hitter's perspective because of the deception and just the, the angle of it. Yeah, so it was just filthy stuff. Yeah, and these professional hitters, I'm sure the Reds are like, man, I am so glad this some bitch is in the American League. I don't have to see him ever again because that is a thing. So, yeah, the White Sox got a guy. Like, I remember when he drafted him, everybody's like, yeah, he's going to make the team really quickly. That's part of the reason why they drafted him where he did. He's a guy that's going to rise high because when he was at Tennessee, he didn't start until this last past year. And he gained some MPHs and gained some notoriety and rose up the draft board. So he's a guy that 
is going to surprise a lot of people. Like <laughs> they're going to be looking at this tape and for you know, you, like you said, you should probably hide them from since uh, from Cleveland because that might be a possible matchup. And you want to have him for all those switch hitters that Cleveland does right. have. Exactly, exactly. And then have him come back out for the Cubs, like you said, just to get him tuned up and have it right, have his uh, release point and all that good stuff right. But, yeah, he's going to be a thing in this playoffs. I feel it. Like, he's just going to come out there and be, like, the star of the playoffs. Like, oh, here comes Garrett Crochet, and he struck out the side again. What a great performance in the postseason. This rookie, you know, Straight out of college, he never pitched in the minors, and now he's in the majors. It's an amazing story, ready to happen. Yeah, man, it's just it's it's exciting stuff. You feel like you know, obviously, you could get bounced in in uh, in three games, and you know, you're like you're all of a sudden you're shell shocked, wondering what what happened. But it seems like the the White Sox see what we see, and it seems like everything's clicking at the right time here and, you know, and adding these guys late in the year and all of a sudden saying, you know what, now's the time for Matt Foster, Cody Hoyer. Like we know these guys are good and we don't talk about them at all through Sox Fest or through spring training really, but here they are. Like we know they give us the best chance to win and to see the, the Sox see what we see and saying, you know what, let's, let's get crazy out here in 2020. Let's, let's bring up a guy we probably wouldn't have brought up otherwise, but uh, one of the hidden blessings of 2020, like, you know, the, the guy hasn't pitched because of no college baseball. So why not throw him out there? Like, otherwise you're just letting your asset out there, just like sort of get, uh, you know, like, you know, muscle, muscle atrophy, you know what I mean? Like, you know, he's not getting real work in Schaumburg. So why not get him some reps, man? Because you may need him next year even more than this year. So yeah, man, it's exciting stuff to see. And, and he looked incredibly nasty last night in his appearance on Friday, Garrett Crochet. So I think that about does it for us. Uh, we'll be back with the mailbag. I think we're about closed up. All the mailbags all closed up for the week. So thank you to everyone who submitted but it's never too early to get a jump on next week's mailbag. And how can they do that, Herbie? Email us at lockedonsocks at gmail.com. That is lockedonsocks at gmail.com with your questions, your comments. Like a guy asked us, why didn't we do a show after the White Sox lost earlier in the week? Are we bandwagon fans? No, we're not, jerk. <laughs> I answered your question right there. It's not going to make the show. Now how do you feel? Yeah, yeah. But you could be like that guy. He emails us and write us who negative stuff or whatever. It's Someone fine. wrote that? Literally wrote that. Who cares? We have we were obligated to do five a week as part of our agreement with the Lockdown Network, and we could choose whatever five we like. I like doing it, it on, a, on a Saturday night when after after a big win against Trevor Bauer because that's a guy that I want to see on the White Sox next year, and Damn I man. and I hope he goes for short term deal, higher AAV, with the Sox can can probably maneuver, and I hope he's a White Sox next year. But I wanted to do it tonight because I felt it, and I wanted to go out and have a goddamn drink last night with with my people, and that's. <laughs> That's what we did. So, you know, we can maneuver these five however we want to. So, yeah, I mean, go ahead. You're not you're not my boss, whoever that guy is. So the, the nerve <laughs> of people, man. Come on now. That was David Locke's uh, <laughs> side on his uh, burner account. <laughs> yeah, no, Get to right? work every night. <laughs> Just like... Absolutely. Turn those out during the week. <laughs> Absolutely. You Why do you make do you make David Locke sound like a just sound like an ogre? <laughs> <laughs> That's how he sounds in the broadcast. In the Utah Jazz. Guy. Oh, okay, yeah. Actually, yeah. All right, yeah. So um, locked on socks at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to recording that mailbag. Lots of big picture playoff stuff to get into. We're gonna take a, a deep dive into the rotation, how it lines up currently, and how we we're gonna speculate how they're gonna try to line it up. And it's not easy. It's they're gonna have to do some maneuvering and and maybe bring in some guys 
who we hadn't seen in a while to sort of get them set up. So we'll, we'll, we'll ha- you know, tackle all those issues and more on the mailbag episode. So uh, how was your Saturday? Have a nice day. Saturday has been great. We uh, went out and got the car vacuumed and detailed oh, and none, shined up at the, uh, at the detailer. And then we walked back from, it was a decent way, about two, uh, two miles back, got some Cafe Tola. Mm. I don't know if you've ever had it. No. Cafe Tola's in the spot where hot dugs used to be okay. in that area, right right by uh, Chris Tannehill's Gordon Tech. We That's walked right. past Gordon Tech tonight. That's but, right. But uh, Cafe Tola has some delicious breakfast, burritos, and empanadas. Delicious if you want to go there. They don't sponsor the show, but if, you can't, <laughs> if you're listening right now, you can come on through and sponsor us and sponsor us with empanadas. <laughs> yeah, man. No money. Go, Gordon, go. Absolutely. They're DePaul College Prep now. Just uh, What a disgrace. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I had to explain that all to Courtney today about like the – the change and why yeah. a Chris Tannehill, a young Chris Tannehill, went to Gordon Tech in the middle of the city while you were living at the edge of the city. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no regrets. I uh, had a good time there. Met, met a lot of great people over there. But yeah, I uh, spent my day uh, catching up on a lot of stuff around the house because we have to clear the decks now on Sunday because you got to make sure the laundry's done. I cut the grass today, which mm. could, could be maybe for the last time uh, this this year. Uh, with the cold weather coming, hopefully it'll be the last time. Maybe one more cut in there. Got to treat it too for the winter. But uh, did some laundry, some la- uh, some grass cutting out there. Went to the mall, had to return some things. And uh, the mall, by the way, whew, what a disaster! Uh, it's, it's good, nice to know the pandemic took a weekend off this weekend. It's been working real hard since uh, February, and it was uh, taking a weekend off at Harlem and Irving Plaza today, uh, which is never good to see. But this yeah, jam smashed. Yeah, jam smashed. Yeah. Um, you know, mask uh, not mandatory. Um, the, the, the signs say they are, but not according to the people out there. Um, yeah, so just you know, chilled out at the house today and uh, took a nap because I've been so fried after the long week at work. And but yeah, gotta, good. Yeah, got to clear the decks for Sunday, man, with bare Sundays because that that takes over our whole day. Me and you both, and you know, just trying to do everything you can. So Sunday is all about football and uh, and trying to squeeze the socks in as well so it's gonna be a tough one with a noon start tomorrow i believe for the socks and uh are they noon let's see i didn't even they are noon. they are yeah. so yeah so same with the bears so that's not that's not ideal uh so i'll be doing a lot of flipping back and forth maybe i'll have one of the computer monitors set up like i did for uh, jonathan stever day but uh yeah man hope you have a nice little sunday uh go bears go sacks and uh yeah man i will i'll talk to you during the mailbag herb Yes, I am good to go. I'm going to have a good time tomorrow when we finish up the mailbag. So thank you for listening to this episode of Locked on Sox. It is a 5 to nothing victory for the White Sox over Trevor Bauer's Reds. The magic number now is 4, and it's probably going to stay there because the Cubs are terrible and they lose into the Twins. <laughs> so for Chris Tannehill, I'm Herb Lawrence. Check us out next time on Locked on Sox.